Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast by Flashlight Studios. My name is Gabriel, and today is Tuesday, August 11th, 2009. Uh, before we even get started, I just want to apologize to those of you who have been emailing me, um, asking where the 10th episode is. It was supposed to come out on Saturday, and it's already Tuesday, and nothing's come out. Uh, I lost the previous file, the audio file that I recorded, um, and my internet's been acting up, so one, I couldn't upload the file, and then I lost it afterwards. So I have to re-record now. So that's the whole story behind uh, why this episode is late. I had also promised before that I would do a rant um, in this episode about four kids versus old cartoons. I'm not going to do one today, because, simply because it's not really weighing down on my mind, and usually when I would like to do a rant, I would like to be angry when I do it. Not like furious angry, but just angry enough in order to keep pushing me to argue about something. And today I'm not angry at all. Um, we'll see if we can have one during the, the 11th episode next time. Uh, but for now, we're not going to have one. It might not even be about, you know, four kids versus old cartoons and how, you know, things have gotten kind of uh, censored. Um, not kind of censored, very censored. We'll see what happens during the next episode. It might not be about four kids. It might be about four kids. I don't know yet. But today's episode, we're going to be talking about shiny Pokemon. We've gotten a few emails about it. I even encountered my very first shiny Pokemon uh, just two or three weeks ago. It was uh, a Dusclops. Uh, I encountered it in the wild. I couldn't catch it because it used Curse on itself. So um, it fainted and I wasn't able to catch it. And even last Saturday's new episode of Pokemon had a shiny Metagross in it, which I thought was pretty cool. But before we get to the main topic, let's get into the news. Today in the news, we have a groundbreaking article. Well, I wouldn't call it groundbreaking, but we have an exciting article about Arceus. The Pokemon.com website officially revealed Arceus. They give only a little bit of information about it, just calling it, you know, Arceus the Alpha Pokemon. And even though we've known about it since the release of the Japanese Diamond and Pearl games, uh, they officially announced it now, so hopefully we're going to be seeing either a Wi-Fi event or even a... Uh, an event uh, out in stores like Toys R Us or even GameStop. Hopefully we'll be seeing one sometime soon. And on top of that, in Switzerland, during a film festival, there was a subtitled trailer for the 12th movie that was shown. The title that was shown there was called Arceus and the Jewel of Life. And this may only be a working title, but this is still something that shows that we're going to be seeing the 12th movie soon. So with them revealing Arceus and then showing this trailer, the subtitled trailer, I'm sure we're going to be seeing an Arceus event within the next few months, maybe even uh, towards the beginning of 2010. Our third article for today is about Heart Gold and Soul Silver. A TV show on TV Tokyo called Pokemon Sunday uh, has revealed some details about the very first event for the Heart Gold and Soul Silver versions. This event will be on Wi-Fi from September 18th to November 10th, 2009 for Japan players. The event will allow players of the game to go to a new location. Uh, when you connect to the Poké Walker, it'll allow you to go to a place called Yellow Forest. And in this Yellow Forest, you can only catch Pikachu. And some of the Pikachu have a rare move. The rare move right now is still unknown, but I got an email from a, a listener of the show, Lexgear, and even um, after I read the article, I even got you know some suspicions that this move might be Fly. Even in the uh, picture in the article, uh, shows a Pikachu in the background tied up with balloons. 
So it gives more speculation to the move Fly. So hopefully we'll be able to see what that special move is next month when the event is released for Japanese players. Our fourth article today is about Mystery Dungeon Explorers of the Sky. We saw it already released in Japan back in April, and now we're seeing a release date for North America, and it's October 12th, 2009. This game, Explorers of the Sky, would be similar to Crystal, Emerald, and even Platinum, meaning that it was it's the third version of the game, how like Diamond and Pearl and then Platinum was released. This time it was Explorers of Time, Explorers of Darkness, and now Explorers of the Sky. And like all of the third versions of the game, this one adds a few extra features. It adds um, some new Pokemon, some new locations, and even adds uh, a few more episodes uh, in the game where you could learn more about other characters in the game other than just your own character. Our last article today is about the member card. Uh, if you know anything about the member card, it's the item that you use to go to New Moon Island in order to obtain Darkrai. Uh, this item you can get over Wi-Fi uh, starting about a week ago on August 3rd, and it ends on September 13th. So if you haven't gotten it yet, go ahead, hook up to Wi-Fi, and get your member card. I've gotten a few emails asking how to obtain Wi-Fi events. So here's how. You have to go to Jubilife City, and on the third floor of the Jubilife TV station, you'll find two people standing there. One's a, a blonde girl, and one's a guy with brown hair. Talk to the guy, and he'll ask you two questions, and you have to answer those questions. The first question you have to answer with the two words, Everyone Happy. And then on a second question, you answer with the two words, Wi-Fi, connection. And after you answer those two questions, he'll talk a little bit more. And when you're done talking to him, uh, save and turn off your game. Turn back on your game. And on your main menu, you'll be able to see that you've unlocked uh, the mystery gift option. So now in order to obtain a mystery gift from Wi-Fi, uh, you have to have your uh, Wi-Fi settings set up on your DS. Go ahead and click on Get from Wi-Fi, or I believe it's... um get from Nintendo WFC. Click on that and you'll be able to connect to the internet and obtain your Wi-Fi event. And so far the only one that's uh, out right now is the one for the Darkrai for the member card. The one for the Rotom has been released already about three times, three, four times. So I don't know if they're going to be releasing it again. If you haven't gotten the uh, event for Rotom, uh, I apologize that I don't know if they're going to be coming out with that event again. But for right now, the member's card is available. So that's it for the news, now let's get on to our main topic. As I said before, our main topic today is shiny Pokemon. Shiny Pokemon are normal Pokemon just with a different coloration to what is usual for that Pokemon species. The term shiny Pokemon, uh, the term shiny just refers to the sparkling sound effect made at the start of an encounter uh, with a shiny Pokemon, when you throw it out into battle or when you encounter one in the wild, you hear like a little sparkling sound effect, and that's why it's called shiny Pokemon. But they're not really, you know, quote-unquote shiny, they're just different colored. For example, the most popular shiny Pokemon is a Gyarados, and Gyarados is normally blue, but when you see it as a shiny Pokemon, it is red. It's kind of funny, we're talking about shiny Pokemon now. The very first, you know, popular shiny Pokemon was Gyarados that was released in the Gold and Silver games. And that was the only Pokemon in the game that was always shiny 100% of the time. And usually, that was many people's very first encounter with a shiny Pokemon, unless they had encountered one uh, before they uh, got to uh, the Lake of Rage and saw the Gyarados. But shiny Pokemon are very hard to come by. Probability to come by a shiny Pokemon is 8 
out of 65,536. But to put it more simply, it's one out of every 8,192 Pokemon. So that's a really rare chance to see a Pokemon. You have to stay on your game for hours just trying to find shiny Pokemon. Now, other than just trying to find one in the wild, there are other methods which make obtaining uh, shiny Pokemon a little bit easier. There are two methods. The first one is the Masuda method, and the second one is using the Poker Radar. First, we're going to talk about the Masuda method, or Masuda's method, which is named for um, the Game Freak director Junichi Masuda. And in this article, he said that there is a way to find rare colored Pokemon eggs, um, meaning that the hatched Pokemon would be shiny. Now, in order to do this, you have to trade with somebody that has a different language game. Uh, simply, if you trade with somebody who has a Japanese game, trade with uh, their Japanese Pokemon, or you trade with somebody who has a French, German, Spanish, whatever language game. It doesn't matter, as long as it's different from yours. Now, in order to obtain the shiny Pokemon egg, you have to breed that Pokemon from the other language uh, with any Pokemon that you own. And the chances increase, instead of 1 out of every 8,000, roughly, now it's 1 out of every 2,048. It increases your odds by 4 times. Uh, even though your odds still of obtaining a shiny Pokemon are really low, uh, it's a lot more reliable than using the Poker Radar, which we're going to talk about in a second. But this way, uh, when you breed, it obviously allows you to um, uh, give the Pokemon different egg moves, and even allows you to gauge their IVs, sort of. And then you're able to EV train like any other Pokemon. So you can use a shiny Pokemon in competitive battling, which... Uh, obviously, a lot of people would like to do that because, you know, it shows that, yeah, I took out the time to try to find this shiny Pokemon. Now, the second method is using the Poker Radar. I'm not sure exactly how the Poker Radar works. I don't use it very often. I, the only times I actually do use it is when there's, like, a swarm of Pokemon. I go ahead, I try to, you know, catch whatever's in that swarm in order to, you know, build up my Pokedex and, uh, even more. In order to obtain shiny Pokemon, you go ahead, you use the Poker Radar in a big patch of grass, and then you have to chain the Pokemon, meaning... You have to keep encountering that same Pokemon over and over again. Let's use Starly, because Starly's uh, one of the easiest to, uh, to chain. And Route 201, right outside of Sanjum Town, and you can go ahead and even chain Starly's or Bidoof, because they're the most common Pokemon right there. So those are the easiest Pokemon to chain. Find the first Pokemon, let's say it's Bidoof. You can either knock out or capture the Pokemon, and that's when the chain begins. And what you do is you keep going to different, you know, patches of wiggling grass and make sure that the Pokemon is the exact same. So it's better off if you use like a, a repel or a super repel um, in order to uh, get a higher chain. And there's some people that actually compete, you know, with other friends to see who has the highest chain. The highest I've gone is like 15, which is nothing compared to some people. Some people go like 50, 60. But the longer the chain is, the higher chance it is of finding a shiny Pokemon. I don't know how many Pokemon you have to chain in order to see a shiny Pokemon, but I know it is up there, like in the 30s or 40s, something like that, before you start seeing shiny Pokemon in the chain. And in order to know that you that you have a shiny Pokemon in your chain, when you use the Poker Radar, the patches of grass will shake. This one will have um, like sparkles coming out of that little patch of grass, and that Pokemon you'll, you will find to be a shiny Pokemon. Um, but this still isn't the best method. The best method is the Masuda method. And so that's pretty much it for the shiny Pokemon. If you think I missed something, if you have any questions about uh, using the Poker Radar or anything else about Shiny Pokemon that you would like me to explain, uh, please let me know in an email, flashlightstudios at gmail.com. But that's it for the main topic, so let's get on to the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? The Pokemon of the episode today 
is a requested Pokemon, Nidoking. The listener requested a Nidoking, but I'm going to do both Nidoking and Nidoqueen. So let's first get started with Nidoqueen. Uh, Nidoqueen is a poison ground-type Pokemon. She has two different abilities. Uh, one is either Poison Point or Rivalry. Poison Point, what it does is your opponent has a 30% chance of being induced with poison when using a physical attack against the Nidoqueen. And Rivalry, uh, her attack is increased if the foe is of the same gender. And her attack is decreased if the foe is of the opposite gender. Nidoqueen's first form of evolution is a Nidoran female, which evolves at level 16 to Nidorina, and then afterwards evolves by the use of a Moonstone to Nidoqueen. Now, in order to find a Nidoran female in the Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum games, you have to use the Poker Radar on Route 201, and for Nidorina, you have to use the Poker Radar in Route 221 through all three games, but also in Diamond and Pearl, Lake Valor. If you're not able to find Nidoqueen in any of the games, you, you must evolve it with a Moonstone. Now for Nidoqueen's stats, her stats are HP, her base stats are HP 70, attack 62, defense 67, special attack 55, special defense 55, and speed 56. Now on to Nidoking. Nidoking also is a poison ground type Pokemon, and his abilities are also either poison point or rivalry, so they are the exact same abilities as Nidoqueen. Nidoking's first form of evolution is a Nidoran male which evolves at level 16 to a Nidorino, and then evolves with the use of a Moonstone to a Nidoking. Like I said, the abilities are the same, the way of evolution is the exact same, and even the places to find these Pokemon are the exact same. Where you find the Nidoran female using the Poker Radar, you will find Nidoran male as well. And the same thing with Nidorina and Nidorino. So the exact same locations for both of those Pokemon. And the same with Nidoking, you cannot find it in the wild, you must evolve it from a Nidorino with the use of a Moonstone. So now on to Nidoking's stats. His stats are HP 81, Attack 92, Defense 77, Special Attack 85, Special Defense 75, and Speed 85. So that's pretty much it for the Pokemon of the episode. Now on to the question of the episode and emails. Our first email is from our listener Yulia. She asks about her Swampert, uh, because she was using um, the IV calculator on Cerebi.net to try to calculate what her Swampert's IVs were. But uh, she had the problem, and a lot of people do have the same problem, that um, they don't know what the Pokemon's effort values are, because uh, she took her Swampert through the game with her. It was her starter Pokemon. So you battle so many Pokemon throughout the game, you have no idea what the effort values might be. So she was getting uh, different stats for her Swampert than what she had expected to see. Just to let everybody know, you always need to make sure what your Pokemon's effort values are before you go ahead and enter it into the, to an IV calculator. I was a little confused uh, seeing her uh, her Swampert. I tried to calculate the stats myself, but then I figured out that you know since she didn't know the effort uh, since she didn't know the effort points that it had gained, uh, clearly um, we were both getting you know the wrong stats for this Pokemon. So uh, for anybody who ever has that problem, you know that's most likely why. So thanks, Julia, for your email. So the question of the episode last time was, how did you find out about the Pokedex Radio podcast? And a lot of you listeners have found us through iTunes by just searching Pokemon. But there has been a few differences, and our first um, answer for the episode today is from Zach. And Zach says, hey there, I found out about the podcast via Google. I saw a description on Podbean. Uh, we, w- we used to be on Podbean for our first three episodes, 
uh, before we went ahead and changed over to our new website now at flashlightstudios.com, flashlight-studios.com, excuse me. And now we use uh, blogspot.com in order to make the blogs to put in the, the links to the audio for it. So uh, thanks, Zach, for your email. Our next email is from Rob. Uh, and Rob uh, says, uh, hey, Gabriel, still loving the show. And, uh, and in regards to your question, I found out about the podcast uh, by looking in video games and seeing the Pokedex in the logo. Uh, well, he found also in, he found it also in iTunes, but instead he found it through a different way other than just searching Pokemon. He found it in the video game section. So uh, thanks, Rob, for your email also. And our next and last email is from KC. KC, I'm not going to read your entire email, but I will. Uh, I'm not going to read your email at all, but I am going to uh, talk about some points from the email that I did, you know, take to heart. Uh, last on the last episode, I mentioned I was going to do a rant, and I believe I also mentioned at the beginning of this episode. But uh, I'm not going to do one this time. We'll do it next time if I'm angry about something. But right now, I'm not angry about the whole four kids thing anymore. Well, I am, but it's not you know weighing down on my mind as it was before. You you mentioned uh, I'm actually going to read a part of it. You said uh, a lot of fans and I would like to hear some uh, someone give some criticism on the bad things related to Pokemon, like over merchandising, the low quality of the English dub of the anime during and after the four kids era. And you also say I can agree with you on the needless westernization, and why Nintendo wouldn't get uh, and and why Nintendo wouldn't get a bit risky and drop the childless image uh, for once with a teen rated Pokemon game, even though there's no way Pokemon can handle mature rated clearly. But yeah, I, I do agree with you on 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 some of these points. Uh, yes, obviously Pokemon will not be able to handle a mature rated game. Teen, yes. Um, I mean, even Super Smash Brothers is is rated teen. Why? I have no idea. I know it is comical. Uh, uh, comical violence, but still, there's no blood, no nothing. So, I, I when I first saw that it was rated teen, when uh, Super Smash Brothers uh, Melee came out, I believe I was 14 when the game came out, and my mother kind of asked me. She goes, "It's rated teen. Are you sure you should be playing that? Um, even though you you have to be 13 in order to get get these games." Even I was like, "It's rated teen. I can't believe it's rated teen." Um, and if I remember correctly, the first Super Smash Brothers was rated everyone. I might be wrong. But I bought that game with no problem, and this one's rated teen, so I was a little, you know, iffy on why is this game rated teen? There's no blood, there's, you know, comical violence, yes, but what game these days doesn't have some sort of violence? Uh, and, you know, I'm using Super Smash Bros. as an example because, you know, there are Pokemon in that game. And I'm actually surprised that Pokemon games now are not rated teen because of, one, if you look at, if you look at the Pokemon games, there's people trying to destroy the world. Okay, Cyrus in these games. In the last games, it was Maxi and uh, the other guy. I forgot his name. Archie. Um, Maxi and Archie were trying to destroy the world back in uh, Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Even Team Rocket, uh, who's kidnapping Pokemon and using them to their own advantage to do who the hell knows what. In all seriousness, these games should be rated teen, if you really look at it. I mean, because younger kids, I don't believe, would understand the whole point of, you know, like government organizations or something like that trying to take over and destroy everything but it is a, but it is a decent storyline for a Pokemon game and it's the only storyline that we've ever seen in the main series of Pokemon games people trying to destroy the world and i know in other animes they curse and stuff like that and they edit it out when they do uh, the dubbing and it's usually not that bad usually they say hell or damn or something like that and it's not it's it's just nothing that really needs to be censored, because in all seriousness, it's not that bad. I know little kids that say hell and damn all the time. I know I know some kids who cuss more than sailors. I don't understand why, you know, even like the FCC, 
hurts a lot of things. Uh, just, you know, the dubbing for, like, four kids. Um, and I do believe that the Pokemon dubbing has gotten a lot worse since all of the original uh, voice actors have left. Uh, like uh, Veronica Taylor, the first person who did Ash. She did Ash, I think it was for like eight seasons or something like that. And now the new person who does the voice for Ash, um, to me, sounds nothing like Veronica Taylor doing Ash. You know, it doesn't sound like Ash anymore, you know. And uh, Rachel Lillis, the one who did, uh, she did Misty, I know she did Jigglypuff. And uh, I believe she did some other characters. And I think she did uh, May recently. I might be wrong on the voice actor for May. Uh, still, all these voice actors are just so different than from what I remember, and the storyline is the same every episode, but that's that's a different topic. I do also um, wonder why Nintendo would get, wouldn't get a bit risky um, and drop the childless image, like you say, because they've banned a few episodes of Pokemon, which I can kind of understand the Porygon episode, um, and I'm sure everybody knows what I'm talking about when I say Porygon episode. They lowered the frame rate on it so it wouldn't hurt anybody. And they still release it again. And they still uh, re-release it. I think in other languages. So why they won't release it here in the U.S. I don't know. And it bugs me. There was an episode. Uh, I think it was called uh, "For Whom the Bell Tolls." I believe was the episode. It was with a uh, Lugia and uh, and Ho-Oh. Or it might have just been Ho-Oh. When, when the tin, when uh, when Ho-Oh burns down the uh, the tin tower and the other tower that's in uh, in uh, Ecrotique City. And they banned those episodes here in the U.S. And I saw the episodes once. And I have not seen them since. Um, and it was because of 9-11. I mean, yes, 9-11 was, you know, a big thing and it hit the entire world, really. Um, and that's why, and that's, you know, some of the reasons why, you know, the economy is the way it is now because of that. And I, I know it, you know, a lot of people do get emotional because of it. But still, it's a Pokemon episode. And no, um, I'm sure Pokemon won't, you know, try to rub it in anybody, anybody's faces that the Twin Towers did fall. You know what I'm saying? And then the episode where Ash catches all of his Tauros. That episode they banned because there was a poacher there who put a gun in Ash's face. They banned that episode because they were, it was the use of guns. I don't understand that. Um, there are guns in all kinds of cartoons. You know, there's guns in video games. You see the video games now, even little children play. Halo, Gears of War, uh, Call of Duty. All these games children still play. Why they're, why they're banning cartoons, I still have no idea. I guess I had to do a little bit of a rant there, so, you know, thank you, Casey. I wanted to do a rant, so, you know, your email inspired me to do this rant now. I didn't want to do a rant because I wasn't angry, but your email got me, you know, a little worked up and a little inspired to do this, so thank you. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's all I really can think of. Uh, and there was another episode, actually, let me get back on this, of Pokemon that they banned because of Jinx. And anybody who's a little bit older who understands these kinds of things knows the reason why this episode was banned, but I still think it's, you know, a load of crap. The episode was banned because they were trying to, uh, they were saying that Jinx was portrayed as an African-American woman. Um, okay, yes, Jinx is always a female Pokemon. Big deal. There's a lot of always female Pokemon. Nidoqueen, Queen, one of our Pokemon of the episodes. Chansey. Okay, those Pokemon are not banned. But Nido, uh, but um, Jinx, um, the color of the Pokemon Jinx was black. They recently changed, they afterwards changed it to purple because of, you know, people saying it was a racial, a racist stereotype against African-American women. How do the people who banned it justify this when it's clearly a Pokemon? It doesn't look like a woman, really, not, at least not really. I mean, that's, that's like saying, you know, Metacham looks like a fighter, uh, like a human person fighting. In all seriousness, I don't understand any of this stuff, um, why they banned all these episodes. 
I can kind of see why they banned the one with the Tin Tower and, and Ho-Oh, and the, the, when the tower burned down. I can see, okay, yeah, maybe they banned it for a little while, but then they haven't brought it back, haven't brought it back since then. Um, I, knew, I know Pokemon does play on the channel Boomerang. I don't have that channel, uh, but I, knew, I do know Pokemon, the old Pokemon episodes are played on there. But I don't know if they ever brought ever if they ever did bring back that episode. The Porygon episode still hasn't been aired over here. Other than that, I, re I really don't know. I mean, other animes have gone you know crazy too. Yu-Gi-Oh with uh, the whole Shadow Realm thing, or in the, in the original Yu-Gi-Oh cartoon, they die. They don't go to the Shadow Realm. You know, these people perish after playing a card game. That might be a little crazy, but still, it's a cartoon. What are you gonna do? There's life-size monsters in the cartoon. They're not going to ban it because of that now, are they? Oh, kind of. They do edit out a lot of the uh, the stuff. And if you watch Yu-Gi-Oh! The Abridged series, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, in the first few episodes, they mention a lot of it. Especially with uh, My Valentine's Harpy Lady deck. Anybody can understand really what I'm talking about. But I'm going to stop the rant here because I'm going along for longer than I want to. I only wanted to talk uh, about your email just for a few seconds, but I went on, on this spiel over here. Again, thank you, KC, for allowing me to do this rant. And uh, hopefully uh, get some more of your emails. Our email address um, is flashlightstudios at gmail.com. Our question of the episode for today is, what is your favorite shiny Pokemon? All of the articles in the news section, and even some more articles, uh, stuff about shiny Pokemon, stuff about the Poker Radar, and even how to unlock the mystery gift option in the game is all put in the show notes on pokedexradio.blogspot.com. Go there, you'll find all the news articles and everything from today's show. Um, including the Pokemon of the episode, our email address, um, and the question of the episode, if you didn't hear me mention it before. Or if you just couldn't understand what I was saying, it's there at pokedexradio.blogspot.com. And again, our email address is flashlightstudios at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget, the logo contest is still going. Uh, we still have another... Another three weeks until the end of the contest. Uh, we've gotten a lot of entries. I haven't put them up on the website yet, um, but I'm going to put them up uh, as soon as I start getting, if I get any more. Uh, if not, I'm going to put them up and then end the contest um, on August 31st of 2009. Then the rules of, of the Pokedex Radio logo contest are also up on flashlight-studios.com forward slash contest.htm. And you can find the link to that in the show notes as well. So that's it for today's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. My name is Gabriel, letting you know to live, laugh, and catch them all, and we'll see you guys next time.